Awesome. Thank you. He did. I, I heard a lot of his message last week already, and it sounded amazing. So they're taking a bit of a rest today. So today we're, we're going to be doing the orange, kind of integrating the orange theme for the month of March called Jump Ball Peace. And we're going to integrate it a bit with our adult teaching series. And Kenny, I'm just wondering if I could get a, or somebody could get me a, a, some hot tea or something. That would be awesome. All right, I have some paraphernalia here, so hang on. Got some props. Yeah, hang in there. So, when we say intergenerational, for those of you that are just visiting us today, <clears throat> we mean that the sermon is for everybody. It's designed for adults. It's designed for children. We strongly value as a church learning together as generations. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to start with an opposite game. All right, you ready? Opposite. What is the opposite? It's okay, so if I've got this, I got it now. Thanks so much. The opposite of sweet is? not bad. All right. The opposite of left is right. The opposite of fast is slow. And the opposite of P or anger is oh, that'll sound good on the podcast. Peace. Well, often you don't think of peace as the opposite of anger. But a lot of people, how many have noticed, are walking around angry in our world today? There's a lot of anger. And it's because they, and most of us, grew up missing a simple principle that is getting along with each other. Keeping the peace requires us setting something aside, giving something up, letting something go for the sake of a relationship. And it's more, and what we're giving up is more important. That uh, what we're giving up is saying that our relationship is more important than what caused the fight in the first place. So when we talk about peace, we're talking about something that's not kind of, ah, you know, nirvana, so sweet. No, peace is costly. It costs something. Uh, the peace is proving you care more about each other than winning an argument. Peace is hard. It's the first step when you are being reconciled to somebody. Jesus said if you're at odds with somebody, if they hurt you, you go to them. If you hurt them, you go to them. So followers of Jesus, take the first step, right? Now today, we want to talk about how it sometimes being means being willing to let go of what we think is fair. That's really hard. We all think that fairness is important. Our, our society is laced with, that's not fair. That's unjust. And, and of course, it is important. I'm not saying it isn't important. But the orange folks call this month's theme Jump Ball Peace. And the reason they call it Jump Ball Peace, I was so excited about this, by the way, because I have 
the last two times it preached, for those of you who are listening or heard the podcast, I preached from basketball days. Yeah. Woo! And guess what? Number three, I get to do it again. Thank you, Orange. So cool. So, uh, so I have here maybe the first basketball I ever started with, but I grew up playing basketball. And basketball uh, has a thing called jump ball. Who knows what jump ball is? Nate, what's jump ball? Yeah, do you, you want to come and give me a demonstration here? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Let's give Nate a hand. All right. So I'm just, oh, no, no, I'm the ref. So I need, I need, I need a child to help me. Is there a child that could help me? Praise, come on up here. All right. So, so as, Nate, as Nate was saying, is, is with jump ball, jump ball happens in, ba in basketball, it's kind of like face-off in hockey, yeah. right? So it starts the game, right? So what the, the ref does is he throws the ball up, right? And when I throw the ball up, the, the, the players try to tap the ball. They can't catch it. It's illegal to catch the ball or control it, but they can tap it to their teammate. So let's say that Praise's team is here, and Nate's team is here. And, and so, but be, before I throw it, there's another, there's another time that they, they do jump ball in, in basketball. Does anybody know? There's, it's not just when they start the game. When else do they do jump ball? Yeah, when they don't know whose ball it is. If the ball goes out, out, of, the, out, of, the, out of bounds, and the ref isn't sure who, he'll call a jump ball. Another time is if, if you're on the opposing team and you've got the ball and I grab it and we're pulling at it and the ref is concerned we're gonna kill each other. Then he'll say, tweet, jump ball, right? So jump ball is supposed to ensure fairness. All right, here we go. Whoa! So, that's very well done. You've played before. So, so, so you will notice that uh, what we think is fair, there's a bit of a height disadvantage. And, and when I was playing, what I did was, I, as a ref, you'll notice that I cheated a little bit and put it over that way. It, and it's my bad arm. It, it, it wasn't intentional, but my bad arm kind of put it over there. So, so. Uh, so what we think is fair is not necessarily fair even when we try to be fair. And the point is, is life, as hard as we try to live fairly, there's just things that end up where you just don't sing as good as somebody else. So you're just not as smart as somebody else. So you're just not whatever as somebody else. And it seems like life isn't fair. So that's why we're calling it jump ball pieces because we face those unfairnesses in our lives and then and, and the jump ball doesn't necessarily resolve it, but live it, learning to be peacemakers resolves it. So I, I think we should give them another time. One more time, yeah? All right, ready? Tweet! Oh my gosh! I'll tell you. Thank, give my hand. Thanks, guys. So praises on my team for sure.
So, so you know what? With my great height advantage when I was a basketball player, you know, because I'm so tall, you know, whenever it was jump ball, usually the guys were taller than me. So what I did, you know what I did, right? So what I'd do is I'd grab the guy's shorts as he's jumping out. No, no, I didn't do it. We played the Harlem Globe, not the Globetrotters, but some farm team of the Hope Globetrotters one, and they did that. <laughs> they grabbed the guy's shorts. Uh, so don't do that. Um, but what I did was the ball would be thrown up, and I'd see where that guy was going to tap the ball. And I'd just kind of go back like that. So I had, to, I had to improvise as a short guy. So jump ball piece has to do with with fairness. So our story today is about Abraham. Uh, do we have a Bible here? Can I get a Bible, please? Thank you. So in the book of Genesis, in the Bible, we have a story about Abraham. And he was called, remember, by God to leave his hometown of Haran and Ur the Chaldees. And his nephew Lot traveled, and God told Abraham to leave his home and family and go to a new land. But Lot was kind of his adopted son because his father had died. And so Abraham had adopted him, kind of. And both Abraham and Lot, as they moved to Canaan, which is where God told them to go, they got, God blessed them incredibly. They, became, they both became very wealthy with sheep and goats and cattle and you can imagine what it would have been like to feed all these cattle and sheep. It, they needed a lot of grass. They needed a lot of water. And uh, to give us an idea of what these guys were dealing with, I have a little picnic here. So bear with me here as I move my medicine over here. And uh, so we have here a picnic blanket. And uh, I'm just going to make a little picnic today. By the way, the, re the reason we did Caribbean beat today is I'm missing the sun. We did a Caribbean beat. Kind of light on the food. So we have, uh, we have, don't give away. So, uh, so we have some, some things here. And so what they're dealing with is every time they go to a place, they just clean it, right? And, and uh, this is what their picnics looked like when they, it was, it was bad. And so what happened is Abraham had all his flocks and herds and, and they were cleaning it out and lots herdsmen were getting really ripped off. They were getting really mad. And so you can see there's a fight going on there between lots and Abraham's herdsmen because your sheep ate all the grass. Where there's no water left. You guys are a bunch of pigs. Well, actually, you do have some pigs. Yeah. So it, 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 it got really, really intense. And, uh, and they kept getting into this problem of how to solve this conflict. And uh, the land was limited. And what were they to do? The status quo would be keep fighting. But that wasn't good for the relationship. The other thing Abraham could do is he's, he's the uncle. He's the guy in charge. He's the authority. He's the one that God called to go to Canaan. He could just tell 
lot, take off, buddy. But the problem with both of those solutions was what? The relationship, right? They would lose the relationship. So was there another way? So Abraham called Lot. He said, hey, uh, nephew, let's go for a walk. So they go for a walk up in a lo long walk up a hill, and they have a talk. And he says, listen, Lot, I don't want to fight anymore. We're all part of the same family. So Genesis 13 says this. Isn't, Abraham says to Lot, isn't the whole land in front of you? Let's separate. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And so Lot took a look at the land. And the scriptures say that he looked towards the Jordan Valley and the land was rich and green and full of rich pastures and flowing streams. And, and, and that was the, sorry, that was the land on the right. But the land on the left, it was, it was okay, but, but it was kind of a little bit dusty, a little bit ordinary. So what do you think Lot chose? It was kind of, got another prop here. It was kind of like uh, Lot. They looked at the land, and on one hand was this beautiful chocolate chip cake there, right? And then on the other hand was kind of this a little bit old chocolate chip cookie, right? So what do you think Lot chose? He chose the cake, exactly. He chose the best. So you guess it. So I'm going to hide this because it's actually very tempting, I know. Big thanks to Belinda because we kind of got together and got the sermon prop and the snack all in one. That's efficiency. It's good. So Lot takes off with the cake. And Abraham sitting there with his little cookie. That's what he's got. But he let Lot have the cake. So while he's sitting there wondering, wow, this isn't very exciting, God speaks to Abraham, and he says this beautiful promise. Look around from where you are. Look north and south and east and west, and I will give you all the land you see. I will give it forever to you and your family who comes after you. I will make them like the dust of the earth, can the dust be counted? If it can, then your family can be counted. Wow. Go walk through the land. See how long and how wide it is. I'm giving it to you. So Abram went to, to live near the large trees of Mamarat, Hebron. Hebron's still there today. It's still a city in Israel. There he pitched his tents and built an altar to honor the Lord. What was amazing is that in the end, Abraham actually lost nothing, even though he, he seemed to lose something temporarily. But most important of all, 
he still had the relationship with Lot. Because in the very next chapter, in Genesis 14, Lot gets kidnapped by a bunch of bandits. And Abraham goes and rescues him. And they have this relationship till they die. So they, they, they salvage the relationship. So our, our, our kind of, <clears throat> our, our memory verse this month, kids and adults, you might as well take this on and memorize it too. Our memory verse is based, I think, on Paul's reflection of Abraham. He says, let us do all we can to live in peace. And let us work hard to build up one another. For Abraham, it was really important to make peace with Lot. And the relationship with Lot was so important. It was more important to Abraham than the land that God had promised him. That's amazing that the, that the relationship with Lot was more important than the very promise that God had given Abraham. That's crazy. He didn't need to grab the best for himself. And what a great example. No wonder Abraham is called our father of faith. The New Testament, Jesus, Paul, the, uh, the apostles talk about Abraham so much. Now, he was a bit of a turkey sometimes. But the faith he had, talk, they talk about it, and they must have been thinking of Abraham when they penned this scripture. They could very well have been thinking about this incident with Lot. But the point is, is that peacemaking is hard work. It's not easy. You have to do it every day. It means proving, and this is going to be your, your uh, I don't know, they have this, this motto or mantra that you give every month. And this is the mantra or motto for this month. Prove you care more about others by letting go of what's fair. I like that. Can we say it together? Prove you care more about others by letting go of what's fair. The way Jesus said it was, settle with your adversary quickly while you're in the way on the way to court. He says, because if you don't, he might hand you over to the judge. The judge will hand you over to the officer, the, the police, the guard, and he'll cast you into prison. And you, you won't get out for a long time. So deal with it now. Now, I'm not talking about bullies and injustice and when people infringe on your rights and just... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those little road rages that happen every day in our lives. Those little paper cuts that we get, right? We, it, this is happening all, all the time. There was this couple that, that they didn't like the way a wedding planner did their wedding, and so they started just smearing them online. They just got fined $115,000 for defamation. Sometimes you just got to let it go. The other day I'm driving, okay, I'm, I'm, still, I'm in this crowd. The other day I'm driving, I learned so much about spiritual growth when I'm driving in Vancouver. I'm convinced most people have never taken a driving test. So I'm out there, and I got a green filter light to turn left, and I'm trying to turn into the Starbucks there on Granville. So I turn left off of Broadway, and I got a green filter light, and there's people on my bumper. Get going, get, you know, everybody's in a hurry. So, and, and I need to get over to my right-hand lane as quick as I can to make a right-hand turn, or I'm going to miss my exit, the, the turn I need to make once I get onto Granville. 
And as I'm making the turn, this guy turns right on coming, turns right right in front of me. Well, I just laid on my horn, partly because I almost hit him. Well, of course, he then told me I was number one. I could see him signaling to me. He's I'm number one. I thought, oh, that's, thank you, thank you. And then, you know, and I mouthed to him, you know, the problem is, is that you just broke a rule here. And I could tell he could understand what I was saying. He, he's a good lip, lip reader. And I could tell, I could tell what he was saying, because I'm a good lip reader. I learned a lot of that playing basketball. <clears throat> and <clears throat> lo and behold, he pulls right into the same parkade that I was going into. Uh -huh. And I decided to go for a little detour around the block. <laughs> Not just because of that, because of here. I knew that I needed to settle down here, right? And the other thing I noticed is that cyclists, cyclists, I love cyclists like Dan, good brother. But I find that cyclists, they try to use car rules, pedestrian rules, and cyclist rules. And they use whatever is most appropriate for them at that given moment. Now, cars do that too. I know that. And so do pedestrians. Yeah, yeah. And then some cyclists, not, not all cyclists, of course, of course, not you. You're the most godly cyclist I have ever seen. But you know, a few years ago in, in Canada, they instituted roundabouts. You know, I, I drove in England for a couple of years back in the late 80s, early 90s. I loved roundabouts. I thought they were ingenious. But they should never have put them here. Because nobody knows the rules for them. So you know what I do with roundabouts? I break the rules. What I do is I just say, go ahead. I have the right of way, but you're going to hit me. So go ahead. You know, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm talking about, these kind of little nudges and bumps in our lives. And so what you're going to do now is I want you to get into mixed group, if you can. I don't know if there's enough kids. But I want to make sure that you get into groups of about five. I'm not being legalistic about this. You're going to take about 10 minutes right now before we go into communion. And the first thing you're going to do is you can play the left-right game. Now, the left-right game, Tim, in it to demonstrate, is there's, it's a repetition. There's three paragraphs of the story that you just heard. And so Kathleen is going to, and I are going to demonstrate how to do this. You're going to each take an orange. Orange, get it? Huh? Orange curriculum. Also, they look like basketballs, don't they? You can just put a little black line on them. So... So Kathleen's, uh, so I've got, I've got the orange. It says, in our Bible story, which we heard in large group before we left. Oh, oh. hey. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Sorry. Peace, yeah, it's peacemaking. So, so when, when you hear left, you pass the orange to your left. When you hear right, Lot and Abraham were moving around with their large flocks and herds and households. They would go right, right from place to place. So if you hear right, then you pass the orange right. So you have to be listening because it's not going to be obvious. You so you can, you, can do, you can do one paragraph, two, or three. If it's not happening, then go on to the next activity. Okay, I don't know if they got it. So what, what you're going to do is get into groups, and then one of you will come up and get the script and an orange for your group. Right. Then after you're done that, peel an orange if you have some time and share the pieces with each other. These are really good peeling oranges, good sale at Safeway. Yeah. They're a little bit uh, messy. Yeah, it's okay. I had something happen to me the other day at Safeway. I pulled up to, the, I walked up to the produce guy, 
And he's, I said to him, are these or what are these oranges like? Oh, he says, well, here, try one. So he peels it and gives me a piece. <laughs> Never happened to me in all my life. That's why he shops at Safeway. So peel the orange, share the pieces. Did everyone get the same number of pieces? If not, what are you going to do? All right? Discuss what are some things you've had to give up or let go in order to love others. Okay. All right, so quickly form groups, okay, and somebody over? come and bring, uh, each, get a representative from your group. Kathleen's going to do okay. it because I'm running out of voice. Oh, yeah, his voice is. So just make sure you have one orange Use the mic. Group, Use the mic. Oh, yeah. So just one orange per group and make sure you've got older and younger together and a script. And a napkin because it might be helpful. So let's get those scripts out. Okay, so grab a... Aiden, can you give me mic, please? <clears throat> Please try to have um, a mixed age group, if you can. Try to mix your families up a bit so you don't have everybody from the same family making up a group. Make sure there's some pe other people outside your family in the group, if you can. Have fun. Happy eating. Yeah, so, so Aiden, Aiden, just Aiden, so just, just to explain, one of you will have to be the, the narrator, okay? So appoint a narrator, kind of like your leader, who will read the script and then just play the game.